The question I want to ask here this morning is, is it beginning to look like Christmas for you? Is it beginning to feel like Christmas for you? I think depending on your background, depending on your experiences, uh, we may all answer that a little bit different. Maybe we look for different signs. I mean, for me, quite honestly, it, it is now officially Christmas now that we've had little ones up here singing Christmas carols and, and some hiding behind each other and fidgeting and just all, all the fun stories we get to tell of uh, what we saw here this morning. For me, that, 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 that just reminds me of Christmas, that, that, that children's uh, a Christmas program. Maybe for you, it, it's, it's the, the things you see, the visual aspects. Maybe you're really hoping for that white Christmas. That's what you're dreaming about dreaming about a white Christmas, or, or it's the lights. Uh, maybe you, you, find off, you find yourself often uh, taking the long way home and trying to find new uh, routes to drive that will take you by uh, newly decorated homes with the lights up and just like to kind of stroll by and, and see that. Maybe it's, it's the sounds and the smells of Christmas. Maybe it's uh, cookies being made at home, and uh, maybe it should be cookies being made at the home. If maybe that's not what you're smelling, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good cookie. Uh, and so I always love when my wife it, it kind of starts making something for the season, and it just that smell just fills our, our home. Uh, I mean, maybe it's kind of the, the things you see, you know, the, the music definitely changes. You hear every year around Thanksgiving, you know, the, the Christmas music kicks on. And some people are like, awesome, I can't wait. I love the Christmas music. And then others are like, okay, we need to at least get through Thanksgiving first, and then we can begin the Christmas music. You know, for me, one of the other things beyond the, uh, the children's programs is also the movies. I mean, it's kind of, you, you find there's more movies on it, and there's always that Christmas theme behind every single movie. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen a Christmas movie on. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this is one of the cheesiest movies I've ever seen, but it's awesome because it's about Christmas, and, and it just draws us in, and it just kind of gives you those warm fuzzies inside. Uh, I don't know what your favorite Christmas movie is, uh, but one thing I love about all these Christmas movies is, is that every single one, without fail, and it's actually become a game for me, right? I almost kind of look forward to finding where is that moment in the movie, has one of those parts where they say, and the reason for the season is, and here's why Christmas, here's what Christmas is all about. And obviously the people who have uh, written these different movies all come from different backgrounds and different experiences. And so, and every time without fail, it has a little bit of a different twist or something, uh, a different angle that it looks at. And so here's what Christmas is all about. One of the common things you see in, in some of these movies is, is Christmas is about togetherness, coming together uh, as human beings and just being together at Christmas time. You see this, I think, in, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, one, one of my favorites, where Clark Griswold, and, and things are just falling apart around him. Nothing is going right. And he gets this line. He says, nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. No one's leaving. And maybe that's what Christmas feels like to you. Maybe this togetherness isn't something that you look forward to. Maybe it's not, oh, awesome, I get to go spend time with my, my relatives and my extended family. Maybe that's a challenge for you. Maybe, you know, it's like, maybe your family is that family that puts the fun and dysfunctional. I, mean, I know we have those elements of my own, and sometimes I have to look to myself to that. Like, all right, I think I'm the one causing uh, some of those uh, challenges. But maybe that's a challenging time for you, of coming together. You say, well, it's Christmas, we've got to do it, we've got to come together. Um, but maybe it leads to catastrophe. Maybe sometimes it feels like uh, more work than it's worth. But you say, no, one of the reasons, we, 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 one of the purposes behind Christmas is togetherness. We've we got to come together no matter what's going to happen, whether the Christmas tree burns down or not, we're going to have Christmas, by golly. Maybe it's about gifts or maybe uh, this giving of, of a present to those that you love and saying, hey, I just want to bless you and, and I got something for you. Maybe it's about more than that. I mean, we see this theme played out, another one of my favorites, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. 
You see a line in there uh, between the narrator and the Grinch, which says, The Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, he thought, means a little bit more. And this comes after he'd stolen the, the Who's Christmas presents, all their decorations, all their feasts. And so he's expecting to wake up in the morning and, and hear, you know, crying and, and weeping and all this. And instead he hears the, the singing of the Who's. And Cindy Lou Who reminds, you know, that the Who's in Whoville, what Christmas is about. It's about coming together uh, as family. And as long as they still have family, it doesn't matter if they don't have the trees and the gifts and all the things we can give and the food we can feast on. We all love getting and, and probably giving gifts as well. But maybe there's more behind Christmas than that. One of the more recent Christmas movies that's come out that's really become a, a classic in our home uh, is, is Elf, the Christmas movie Elf. And uh, in that one, you'd say one of the reasons behind the season that they kind of focus on is, is this. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loudly. Go ahead, say it out there. Yep, singing loudly for all to hear. Yep, yep. Or answering the question that was rhetorical. I'm just kidding, it wasn't rhetorical. I was expecting you guys to come along with that. So thank you, thank you, awesome. Got a candy cane in back for you. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of this, this, this concept of the Christmas cheer and the Christmas spirit. You can't be sad around Christmas. It's Christmas. You know, but sad things happen. But it's Christmas. You've got to have Christmas cheer. We've got to sing loudly. And so that's the, the theme of that one. And so what is Christmas in your home? What is it like? What is the, the, the custom? What is the tradition? What does it feel like in your home when you come together for Christmas? Why do you celebrate? What brings you here even this morning to this children's Christmas program and, 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 a, and a Sunday where we're focusing on Christmas? Well, for me in, in our home, Casino, these things we talked about already, togetherness and family and, and cheer, these are good things. And by no means do I want to buy a humbug on those things. Those are good things that we can celebrate around Christmas time. And I look forward to those, and I hope that you do as well. No matter how much of a challenge it can be at times, no matter how difficult family situations may make that at times, no matter how challenging the schedule in order to pull it together with everybody may be, I think those are good things to celebrate. But for me, the most exciting part of Christmas is Jesus. It is celebrating the, the birth of Jesus. and Well, actually, our, our kids who just had this program for us, what they're doing right now downstairs is they're having a Christmas party, uh, a birthday party, excuse me, for Jesus. And, and they're acknowledging, okay, this is the day that we celebrate his, his birth. And um, my kids had the opportunity to go with, with my in-laws to a, a, something similar, a little Christmas uh, birthday party for Jesus. And they went in there, and they got a little cupcake with a candle, and they got to sing happy birthday to Jesus. And then they got to blow out the candle. So I'm not sure. I think they may have thought it was their birthday as well. Um, but they had a good time with that. And it's just this, this heart of celebration, this heart of celebrating uh, the, the birth of Jesus. And for those who are, who are sticklers, and I'm, I'm there with you at times, yes, let's acknowledge uh, uh, the chances that Jesus was born on December 25th are, are slim to none. Uh, that this is very likely it's not his birthday, but it's okay. Let me just tell you, put that out there, it's okay. My birthday was on a Wednesday this year, we celebrated on a Saturday. And it, you know, nothing, nothing fell apart, the whole world kept spinning, it's okay. We can, say, we can say this is the day we choose to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we can and we should celebrate and praise and worship and honor and glorify Jesus throughout all of our lives, not just around Christmas. But there's something special we can focus in on around Christmas time. This virgin birth. See, see, Jesus was born to this young Jewish couple, Mary and Joseph. And the Holy Spirit came to Mary and she conceived a child from the Holy Spirit. 
And so now this virgin, this woman who's betrothed to be married to Joseph, winds up pregnant. You can understand Joseph's surprise and, and, and discouragement and, and, you know, all right, well, what do I do now? You know, we were going to get married, but now she's pregnant. And it says in the Scriptures that he thought to quietly divorce her. Now, some of you, again, probably the same ones that were thinking, but Steve, Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December, probably also thinking now, but Steve, they're not married yet. How can they get divorced? Different culture, different customs. In, in the Jewish culture at that time, to be uh, engaged to one another, in essence, what was a binding contract that you're going towards to marriage. And so if you wanted to step out of that engagement, it was still considered a divorce. And so Joseph, we see his heart a little bit in the kind of man that he was. In light of this, he just thought to quietly divorce her. But before he could take those steps, God spoke to him through a vision and a dream and said, hey, Joseph, I got stuff going on here. Don't worry. Stick with Mary. This is, this is my son, uh, uh, born of the Holy Spirit. That's coming. And so Joseph follows God's call on, uh, on his life and on Mary's life, and he stays with the woman he's betrothed to. And they, they set off for Bethlehem. And the reason for this journey, you might want to say, might ask, well, why are they traveling when, when she's this far along in the pregnancy? And Well, there's a census to be taken, and so they're, they're following the law to go to their birthplace, to go to where their, their family was from, to Bethlehem, and to be counted in the census. And it was here that baby Jesus was born. And this story of, of the virgin birth and, and how it came to be is, is part of why we celebrate. It's part of what the festivity is all about. See, there, there's great anticipation. I, I don't know about you in your home, but, but one of the things that my wife and I are really trying uh, to ha- have our kids and um, the way that we celebrate Christmas is really build into a sense of anticipation. Because I, I believe that's what was going on when Jesus first came into this world, was a sense of anticipation, an eager awaiting for this coming king. There have been all kinds of prophecy and in the lives of the Jewish people that was foretelling this Messiah, this Savior, this one who would come to save them. We see one of those in Isaiah 7, 14, and we're going to see how Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy. It says this in Isaiah 7, verse 14. If you, if you want to follow along with me, we're going to be in this verse briefly, and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 2 later. Uh, you're welcome to use one of the Bibles in the pews if you need a Bible. If you want to take it home and make that your own, Please do. We want the Word of God in people's hands and in front of them. If you want to go digital and and turn on a Bible, that's fine as well. We we have uh, Wi-Fi in the building uh, just for that, Meadowland Wi-Fi. You can connect there to get to uh, any online Bibles as well. But Isaiah 7.14 says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And again, some of you may be saying, but his name is Jesus. It's not Emmanuel. Well, this, this was a title of sorts. And what Emmanuel means is God with us. God with us. Just let that sink in for a moment. This child born of a virgin is God with us. Born in a manger, a humble entry into our world. Him in the dark of the night the dirt of a stable, possibly even was laid in a food trough for animals as he came into our world. Jesus came into the mess of our world. This isn't just a child born of a young couple. This is the King of kings. This is the Lord of lords. This is the creator of all things. 
enters into our little world where we've messed things up, we've, we've, we've sinned against and we've gone against the word of God, there are challenges. And, and, and let's go back to where we started. If, if you're not with me on this, you know, just wait till your Christmas celebrations with family. Anytime you get family together, we, we love each other, but you know what, you're, you're going to see our faults as well too. And, and it makes for good stories sometimes, and maybe it makes for painful stories. We've all fallen short in some way. Yet Jesus enters into this picture. He didn't wait for us to get all gussied up. He didn't wait for us to put on our, our, our Christmas best and to get all polished up and then enter in, in, in triumph. But he came as a child into the mess of our world. He gives us hope. And he give, makes a home for us with God in heaven. Regardless of how you came in here this morning, regardless of, of what your morning was like, of what your past week has been like, of what your life has been like up until this point, regardless of what things lead you to a place where you maybe would say something like, you know what, that, that I, I hear you about the Jesus stuff, but it's not for me because you don't know what I've done. You don't know how much I've messed things up. You don't know the mess I have going on in my life. Or you know what, I, I'm a, maybe you say, uh, I'm a follower of Jesus, but you know what, I, I don't think he likes me very much. I, I've just messed things up too badly i call myself a christian but i, I still fall into temptation and, and, and sin in these other ways let me tell you this this morning regardless of how you came in here this morning jesus isn't afraid of your mess your mess isn't too big there's nothing you can do that will separate you from the love of god as we read in the book of romans see the story that jesus entered into let me, let me tell you a little more of how that story continues so jesus was born and all of a sudden, uh, the word is spreading of, of his birth, and the king of the time, King Herod, finds out. And see, he's afraid of, of a new king, right? Because what does that mean? It means a loss of power for him. And so what does he do? Well, in an effort to, to, to wipe out this king that's been born, he calls for the murder of every child under the age of two in that region. How dark does your heart need to be? How far from God does your heart need to be in order to call for the... the the pointless murder of children. And this is the world that Jesus steps into. And so when you think, we think about the things that would separate you from God, you know, the, the mess of your life, there is nothing you can do that will separate you from the love of God. There is no mess too dirty, too bad, too big that will scare off Jesus. And he didn't come into this world to condemn it. But he came to give us hope. He came as our Savior. Because God loved us, he gave us his son. And so what's the question we close with? Just what's our response? What is our response to Emmanuel? What is our response to God with us? How do we respond to the seasonal birthday party for Jesus? Well, let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Let's see how some shepherds responded. But when they heard this good news with great joy about a Savior is born, how did they respond? Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8 is where we're going to begin. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. See, 
the significance of and our response to a birthday party depends on a few things. So if we're saying this season, in one sense, is a birthday party for Jesus, the significance of that and our response to it depends on a few things, right? Think about any birthday party. Does whose birthday it is matter? Of course, yeah. We we have historical figures in our past who have said, you know what, that, that they've been so pinnacle in our history that, that we have a day off, we have a national holiday for their birthday. Sometimes it's, it's on a local and, and regional level, sometimes on a national. If you're from Illinois, we love Casimir Pulaski as kids because we get a day off. You know? We celebrate certain people's birthdays or days in their honor because of who they are and what they've done. But now you think of your buddy Larry who works the day shift at your work and you think about how his brother's having his brother's neighbor's cousin's uh, uh, stepbrother's birthday party. It doesn't mean anything to you. You don't know who that is. So the first question is, is, is who is Jesus and, and do we know him? We see there in verse 11 of Luke 2 that the angels introduce him as Christ the Lord. This birthday party is for Christ the Lord. And that calls us to a certain response. But also our relationship to the person, I think, has an impact on our response. If you end up at a birthday party and you're someone's plus one, maybe there's someone in your life that you're dating, and um, if you're, for those of you who are married, the correct answer is your spouse. Uh, for those of you who are not, maybe there's someone you're dating and, and you want to bring them to a, a party for you know, someone in your life, a birthday party you want to be a part of, and um, maybe you're just that plus one to a birthday party. You don't have much of a personal relationship. Maybe you're an immediate family member of the person who we're celebrating. You can see how that would change our response to the celebration, right? Let me throw another one out there. Kind of an odd story. Say, say something happened to one of your kidneys. Say something both. So your kidneys are shot, and you need a kidney transplant. And say there was someone, never met them, but, but their life had been impacted by someone who, who donated a kidney to a, one of their loved ones. And they said, you know what? Um, I, I just want to donate my kidney to someone in need. And so they put themselves on, on the donor list. And um, you can live just fine with only one kidney. So they say, okay, I'll, I'll give you one healthy kidney. You don't have to wait till I pass or any of that. And, and so say you receive this kidney and, and uh, you put in it and you're able to live your life and continue. Does the day that person was born matter to you now? It would to me. The day the person was born who gave me a kidney who would extend my life so I could spend more time here uh, doing God's work and sharing his good news and, and being with my family uh, you know, until Christ comes again. Uh, the relationship between us and the person we're celebrating may, may depend on what they've done in our lives. So what has, what has Jesus done? Well, we see Jesus is Lord. He is Savior. He is Savior. We were, we were dead in our sin in the ways that the messes that we were just talking about separate us from God. But in Jesus, there is forgiveness. In Jesus, there is grace. And by grace through faith, basically saying, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe that you are God's son. And I trust in you for the forgiveness of my sin. We can be forgiven. We can be made alive. We're alive in Christ. That's what we celebrate on Easter. That's, that's the other side of the story, is that Christ came and, and offered up his life as a pay, payment for our sins, for our mess. And that's why we can celebrate his birth, because of the life that we receive in Jesus. And so Christ the Lord, a Savior is born to you. 
And so that is who is being offered here to these shepherds. That's who's offered to us today. Christ the Lord, a Savior who is born. And so how do these shepherds respond? Let's keep reading. Luke 2, 8 through 15. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there, there, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saints. So basically the angel speaking to the shepherds, telling them, here's what's going on, Christ the Lord, a Savior's been born to you. Here's where you'll find him. Here's the situation. And all of a sudden this, this heavenly host shows up and they just throw down this chorus. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's just sit here and think about it. No, it's not what they said. They said, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Something's going on. We just had an angel show up and say, all right, uh, Christ the Lord, a Savior is born to you. And then here's the details of how to find you. You'll, you'll find him laying in a manger in swaddling cloths. Okay, so I'm looking for a baby in a barn. Pretty easy to find. In town. And all of a sudden, this heavenly host shows up with a whole chorus. What do they do? How do they respond to this celebration? They, they go and explore. Let's go check it out. Maybe you came here this morning, and you have a, a hard heart towards God. Maybe, maybe there's some stuff that's happened in your life, some heavy stuff that you just can't get past. God, how could you allow this? If, if you're a real God, why would you allow this to happen? God, if you're good, how could you let these things happen in my life? Those are tough things to work through. I don't want to deny that. But there's also good news and great joy in the story of Christmas and that it continues to the story of Easter. We can't lose sight of that. Would you explore who Jesus is this Christmas? Maybe it looks like spending some time reading the Christmas story throughout, uh, read through all of Luke chapter 2. Maybe read the whole story of Jesus. Read the whole gospel of Luke, or Matthew, or Mark, or John, any one of them, Luke's a good place to start. Let's set aside wherever our hang-ups have been. Let's lean into the story of Jesus. Maybe you're even a follower of Christ, but you just kind of, you know, I just check out from the Christmas thing. Let us all corporately explore this good news. What does it mean? So the shepherds do just that. And they went with haste, verse 16, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in their heart. So the shepherds explored this, this good news. And when they got there, they joined the party. All right, here he is. Let's find him. You'll never guess what just happened. We were out tending to our flocks by night, and an angel shows up and says, hey, a baby's born. It's the Savior, and this is awesome. And then this whole host of angels show up, and they're just singing good news, and like, hey, we, we got to find it. We found it. Here you are, and this is awesome. And this is excitement. They join the party. They welcome him as they are welcomed into Jesus' story. They welcome him into theirs. Despite the mess of their lives, they didn't go home first and say, hey, we're shepherds out in the field. We need to go take a bath first before uh, we go find this Savior. With all their hang-ups, with all their mess, they went and they joined in the celebration. And they welcomed Jesus to be a part of their life as well. Let us do that as well. Let us go straight to Jesus and welcome him. Let's join the party and celebrate, and celebrate they did. Luke 2.20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. 
for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Praising God for all they had heard and seen. They rejoiced. That was another piece of their response. They rejoiced. So they explored and they welcomed him in and they rejoiced. We can rejoice here this morning. We can rejoice for Jesus was born. We can rejoice because he is Christ the Lord. We can rejoice because he is Savior. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. We can come together, be with family, give good gifts because our God gave a great gift in Christ. But let this Christmas, let us rejoice in the good news of Jesus. Um, as we come to a close in this time, um, in a moment we're going to play a video. And it's a, a video of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And uh, I just absolutely adore this Christmas song because of the heart of it. This, this longing for Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come, God with us and save your people. I'm going to read for you. There's, all kind, there's about seven or eight different stanzas. This song hits on three of them. I want to read what those are for you here this morning. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. You hear this heart of waiting for, of God's people. Ransom us, free us from captivity of our sin. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou, King of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. They're saying he's from the line of David. That's another prophecy that was fulfilled in the story of Jesus. O come thou, King of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Give us a way home into relationship with God. Make safe the way that leads to thee and close the path to misery. Maybe Christmas is a hard time for you. Maybe this is your first Christmas after losing a loved one. And despite the cheer and joy, maybe there's a little bit of misery. But in Christ, there's a safe way that leads to God. And a close to a path of misery. Rejoice, rejoice, God with us shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou rod of Jesse's den. Again, talking about coming from the line of David. Jesse was of the line of David. From every foe deliver them that trust thy mighty power to save and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, God with us, shall come to thee, shall come to God's people, O Israel. So let us rejoice. And the best way, I think, to rejoice is to proclaim it, is to talk about it, is to share it. When I'm excited about something, I cannot keep my mouth shut. But when I proposed to my wife, everyone knew I was going to do that except my wife, which was a miracle. Because everybody knew. I proposed to her at a ski chalet, and we had this kind of this this uh, one you know big uh, uh, chalet that was set up with a bunch of different friends, and um, we told the neighbors up the hill and down the hill, and so I kind of took her out to the back of the, the chalet, and they had the, right where the slopes were, and I built this little bench in the snow, and I sat her down, and I proposed to her, and um, I had so caught her off guard when I proposed that the first question was, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, proposing. <laughs> what are you doing?" Hopefully, saying yes. And she did. Um, and so you kind of get that moment where you, she said yes. And then like all these lights turn on and all these people that she had no idea were there pop out of nowhere and they're cheering. And, and, and everybody knew. Because like, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I was so excited. I wanted to rejoice. Last, it was a, two nights ago, um, I made this, this Christmas present for my wife. And uh, she was in bed sleeping. 
And so I finished making this present. I hadn't wrapped it yet. It was sitting on the kitchen table. And uh, the next thing I know, I, I hear footsteps. She woke up. And she's coming down to get a glass of water. And so I quickly had that, like, okay, yo, you're not, you don't notice it yet. Let me pick this up and hide it over here. And every part of me just wanted to say, look what I made for you. I just, I, the best way to rejoice is to tell someone. And so as a church, as a family, as a people of God, let us rejoice this Christmas season by sharing the good news, by sharing the joy that we have in Jesus. And if you're not sure what that is, ask. And let's share with one another the joy that we find in Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, we find our joy in you. We thank you that you step into our mess and that you still love us despite our challenges, despite our sin. You offer us forgiveness. You offer us life. You offer us salvation. Father God, you are an amazing God. We will rejoice and be glad in you. Father, I pray that you would bring an end to the misery. And I know we live in this time where you've already come, but you've not yet finished your work, Father God. We would ask this Christmas season that, 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 that the joy of, of knowing you, that we could rejoice in that, Father God. And that light that, that comes from you, Father, would turn down the darkness of the misery of this world. Father, I pray that we would all find peace in you this Christmas season as we welcome you into our lives. Your name. Amen.